Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor Program. Randy, today we're kind of uh, alternating back and forth between several themes. One of them is we've been uh, doing a series on uh, the great books in the field of recovery. We've also uh, occasionally tackled some of our most frequently asked questions around here at the center, and today we're going to uh, turn to one of those. Well, it's a relevant uh, topic, Mark, because we're confronted with these questions on a, on a daily basis, uh, whether it be your meeting with the groups of men or the one-on-one counseling that goes mm-hmm. on. Right. Uh, there seems to be a number of frequently asked questions, just as we have frequently asked questions of the men who are contemplating coming to the Men of Valor workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were getting that so often that you and Dr. Greg Miller sat down mm-hmm. and uh, answered the most frequently asked questions, and we feature that on our website, on the workshop uh, page. So if any of you out there are giving serious consideration of coming to the Men of Valor three-day intensive workshop, uh, we invite you to visit the website and uh, and watch that video. It's only 14 minutes long, and Mark and Greg do a great job of answering these very um, very thoughtful questions that uh, that men are asking about the workshop. About yeah. the workshop, yeah. And and it just it's not a sales pitch. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a tried and true. Um, you know, here's what men are wondering about, mm-hmm. and you guys take the apprehension out of it mm-hmm. uh, and just say, uh, you know, there's. As if there isn't already enough kind of shame and guilt as a basis for a lot of the men struggling out there, well, you get beyond that very quickly when they walk in our front doors. Well, I think the workshop is a good example of uh, the question that we get, um, and it's a you know it's a large question, and, and basically I think one of the ways the questions could be put uh, is, uh, do you manage sexual addiction? Uh, through behavioral strategies, or do you manage it uh, through emotional and spiritual growth? And I think it's one of those questions where the answer is both, but if uh, we only do behavioral strategies, uh, we, we miss the deeper healing that's possible. Yeah, healing won't be complete unless you address both sides of that issue. As we're talking, the story is coming to me of the uh, man who came to Jesus who was reported to be very wealthy, the rich young man as he's often referred to. And he comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God, he says. And uh, Jesus says, first of all, obey the law and the prophets. And uh, the man says, I have been doing that all of my life and it doesn't seem to bring me the peace that I really long for. And Jesus says, you're right. Give up everything you have. (laughs) His his peace had dollar signs tied to it. Yes, yeah. Uh, And follow me. But the man turns and walks away, and the Bible said because his possessions were great. So if you take that and say, this was a guy who was obeying the law 
uh, and the prophets of the Jewish traditions. And uh, so he was following behavioral guidelines for, for how to live his life. And it wasn't bringing him the peace that he was seeking. And Jesus was simply telling him, you know, unless you truly give up uh, everything and follow me, you will have no peace. And um, that, I think, is one of the best stories to throw at this question. For me, it really started early on when uh, I was just out of treatment. And, of course, at treatment, I'd learned a lot of the behavioral strategies, the accountability strategies, which we've talked about here on the show. And uh, I'd, I'd learned how to behaviorally, through community and through accountability, you know, manage my addiction. But I had a long way to go in terms of my own spiritual journey with this. And so I could say that the behavioral solutions, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that, you know, were successful in the early months in, in keeping me sober. But what grew in me is like this rich young man. There was something more to this journey than just doing the letter of the law. Yeah. Why isn't my healing yeah. complete? Why doesn't it feel mm-hmm. more serene and peaceful? And uh, what I recognized somewhere in the first, second, and third year is that I had not made uh, a complete surrender of my life to Christ, even though I was, I, I believe I was a fully committed Christian. I had given over my life, but there's times when we do that when we take portions back, you know, and I. I always felt like I had taken the portion of my life that was my sexuality, and I had never really completely surrendered that. So over the last 30 years, you know, I think for me, it's just the main thing is the ongoing spiritual journey of this program. At what point, Mark, did you feel like you had attained that? I think attained is uh, is not a good word. I mean, uh, I think we're in the process of of uh, achieving greater peace all the time. So it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, you, right. you never hit a, a key point. And go there. I've done it. There, I'm. Uh, I'm you know, I'm, I've I've arrived. I've reached. I've arrived. I've reached my goal. We were talking about it last night in the Tuesday group. There's mm. a couple of guys uh, in that group that are facing legal consequences, and both of them uh, have hearings, or one of them is a sentencing hearing for his. Uh, offense. And uh, he was just talking about the massive amount of anxiety he has about it. Uh, The other guy had been already adjudicated, done his jail time, is now on probation. And uh, because of, you know, being a registered sex offender, he he has to be self-employed and he has his own company. And he was talking about the fact that since he's the sole provider for his wife and children, uh, it just brings a lot of pressure to him, mm-hmm. and he has fairly significant anxiety about it. And so um, the group was uh, giving him feedback, and I said, how many times in your past, including through all the legal proceedings, uh, did you notice the hand of God uh, providing for you? Mm-hmm. For example, uh, the fact that you had your own self-employed consulting business, was that not God's provision in the face of the fact that you might be, uh, you might have a harder time getting employed by an employer with your record. He said, yeah. And I said, are there other times in your life as you look back, you know, when you can see the hand of God providing for you? And he said, there's at least a hundred times of that. And I said, what is it then 
that prevents you from trusting that God is in control here. Yeah. God is in charge. And God has a plan. God has a plan. And he said, I don't know. It's just this anxiety thing. And so I said to him, you know, there are times in our lives when we learn to trust God and times when we forget, you know, and we have to be reminded of what's true that God does, in fact, provide. And let me just tell you that, you know, there are times in my life with the health issues that I'm going through when it's sometimes hard for me to trust that God's in control. Mm-hmm. But on every step of the way, uh, even with, uh, you know, the current ongoing struggle with cancer, that it's clear that God has been involved in things. Right. And I just need sometimes myself, you know, even after 31 years of sobriety, I need uh, other men to remind me of that at times. Well, there again, you're, you're just reinforcing the, um, the power of community. That's right. Yeah, which we preach here. All the time. All the time and as much as we can. Yeah. Mark, at this point, let's take our break. Okay. Uh, and when we come back, we'll continue this discussion because I think this is probably uh, hitting the nail on the head for a lot of our listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a pretty common question and, and a common theme uh, that is brought before us. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Hey, brother. There's an endless road to rediscover. Hey, sister, know the water's sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy, uh... Uh, the Tuesday night group, which we were just talking about, several of the guys um, last night were bringing up the fact that they have uh, campus ministry jobs. Uh, they are, I won't identify the organizations because I, I don't want to come close to identifying who they are. But it, it's, it's obviously the case that they're working on various college campuses for various organizations, trying to recruit uh, students into Bible studies and so forth. And uh, during freshman orientation, they set up tables and they just invite kids as they walk by to sign up. And uh, 
all three of them were saying that uh, uh, it's just been a really hard, what, end of summer here, beginning of school, and that there was a constant parade because it's been so beautiful here and so relatively warm of, uh, of co-eds walking by uh, without a whole lot of clothes on. So Yeah, and it's, our loyal listeners are going to go, I've heard that trigger before, and yes, we have addressed this before, mm-hmm. but all the same, it's that much, every season it appears to be that much more relevant. It's not a yeah. trigger that goes away. Uh, it is that time of year in which it's the combination of mm-hmm. back to school and beautiful weather, and uh, the energy of youth, and the attractiveness of youth, and it's easy to find yourself uh, caught by surprise as uh, as these beautiful people are on parade. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's amazing to to be surprised. It's like, oh, maybe this coming school year, we're all going to start wearing more clothing and be more modest, <laughs> and uh, you know, all of that. Maybe this it's, batch of new students won't be all that attractive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading a book once about uh, who we are the descendants of, and uh, the author was making the point that uh, those of us that are alive today uh, have to have in our genetic history the fact that we, that we come from a long line of great hunters, mm-hmm. you know, because there were no uh, Byerly's, Kowalski's, IGA. Oh, boy, that, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> uh, no, grocery stores. High so V. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if we were going to eat, we had to kill our own food. And therefore, our genetic lines are, uh, as men, uh, can be traced back to hunters, good hunters. Otherwise, if if they were bad hunters, they didn't survive. <laughs> so, uh, you know, men are hunters, and uh, God. So we 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 do in fact uh, peruse our environment. We we see the field, so to speak, and we're observers. We're observers, <clears throat> and uh, so I try to tell the men. You know, this is not about your instincts, your genetic histories. And this is not about, in terms of our theme today, avoiding things just or uh, behavioral solutions to this. Well, Mark, at this point, let's uh, bring our listeners back to today's topic. So in the first part of the show today, we uh, talked at length about the difference between behavioral strategies and uh, spiritual and emotional growth. And the way this question often comes up is, what kind of uh, support group or what kind of uh, accountability group uh, should I be attending? And there's a number of them out there now these days, many more than there used to be when I first got involved. Well, in fact, you tell the story of how when you started in recovery, you were actually attending AA yeah. uh, meetings just because yeah. there weren't uh, sexual addiction support groups. Yeah, and I thank God for that every day because AA was... Uh, very strict to the letter of the law, and and uh, they were very strict about uh, keeping me accountable, and and as a result, I did stay sober. Uh, but after a time with that, I became uh, increasingly dissatisfied uh, with the lack of spirituality uh, and emotional conversation that was happening in those groups. Right. And so, let's be honest, sometimes those groups, they're not counseling groups, they're not led by counselors, uh, so, you know, they can, they can go astray uh, in terms of, you know, people giving too much advice and people being amateur counselors and that kind of thing. 
and people who would just like to hear themselves talk. Right. That, yeah, that, for sure. There are many of those, hopefully present company uh, not included. But uh, So uh, what I wanted to get to is just that I think all of our listeners who are looking for support groups uh, and counseling groups, they need to be aware of what is the general overall approach of those groups. And without naming any of the groups at this point, because uh, that might not be fair. I mean, all of the groups are different from community to community. But I think if you even start going to one and you find out that all of they're talking about is behavioral strategies, you know, look up, look down, look away, you know, three-second rule, you know, don't think about it, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, that's a group that, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't attend it because it's sometimes important to remember those strategies when you're out in public. Uh, but if they're not at, at all able to get at the deeper spiritual dimension of this, then I think you also need to find a group that does. And uh, there are those groups out there. One of the things that we have done, it's, it's not taken off like you know some of the other groups have, but the uh, life groups that are, that are meeting out there in the country based on the workbook I wrote for uh, Life Ministries back in the mid-90s, that is a book that will take you much deeper into both the emotional and spiritual questions that are involved in recovery. Uh, so if you can find a life group, I think that's a great thing. If you're in a location like around here where there are counseling groups uh, that I lead every week, uh, now there's a charge for that. And, you know, the support groups are, are free, uh, so you have to be aware of the fact that a counseling group is probably going to uh, charge you money for that. But at least a counselor with some experience, hopefully one who's farther down the road, perhaps in his own recovery, you know, is leading that kind of group. One of the questions is, if you're developing your spirituality, uh, your uh, motivation for staying sober is changing. Uh, I think in the early, you know, six to 12 months of my recovery, you know, my primary motivation was to obviously stay sober, but the reason I wanted to stay sober is I wanted to save my marriage. So that's kind of what we call an external motivation. You know, it was based on fear. It was fear-based that if I don't do these things, there'll be negative consequences to me, mainly in terms of my marriage. Gradually over time, you know, I came to the place of accepting that uh, even if uh, Debbie, who had every right, even biblically, to uh, divorce me were to in fact do that, you know, I'd still seek sobriety because my main goal now is to become the man that God calls me to be. That's my spiritual motivation. And uh, as such, you know, I'm going to be looking at surrendering, as I was talking about in the first half, uh, the control of my life and all aspects of my life to Christ and just say, you're in charge, not me. Uh, help me to grow in ways of greater dependence on you. And that's what the spiritual journey is all about. So uh, I, I guess for the, for the whole show, you know, the, the main point I'm trying to make to our listeners is find support, find counseling groups that are going to encourage you into the deeper emotional and spiritual stuff. I mean, for example, if I had never worked on, you know, my sexual abuse, you know, uh, I, I was going to be a lot more vulnerable to act out again uh, if I hadn't gotten to a place uh, of acceptance of that, 
uh, dealing with that, uh, forgiving, uh, you know, my dad in this case, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, relationally, if I'm growing as a person, uh, spiritually and emotionally, it makes me much more capable of being a companion with Debbie. And also, I'm being a companion with Debbie, not afraid of her leaving, just, you know, really wanting her uh, to be in relationship with me based on her true knowledge of who I am spiritually and emotionally. And Mark, uh, under the heading of you previously gave a um, a notice uh, of the Life Recovery Group and, and that workbook that has been in existence existence for many years, but probably the number one selling book that we have here at Faithful and True is your Faithful and True workbook. And I know that we have uh, loyal listeners that are out right, there. Right, we've right, got our right. we've got our guys down in Florida yeah. and uh, and uh, around the country that are using the Faithful and True Workbook as their study guide. Yeah. Uh, and the focus there is uh, strongly in that uh, spiritual arena. Yeah, it's definitely uh, more scripture based. It's uh, uh, and there's a lot more assignments. There's like yeah. sixty assignments end up in that book as a pair as compared to twenty one in the Life Guide. And yes, it is my favorite book, you know, my favorite workbook. There's no doubt about it. There's going to be people right now, if they're listening to this, going to be angry about that. But uh, that's just the way it is, you know. And uh, yeah, those those great guys down in Florida, if you're listening today, uh, you know, keep working at it. Yeah, we love you guys. Yep. You know, yep. And I know you guys are having a lot of success, which is exactly what I'm talking about. You're getting at this deeper stuff. You're memorizing scripture. You're looking at scripture every time you do assignments. You know, uh, that's that's a great part of the spiritual tool of this. Uh, so, and once again, it reinforces your ongoing theme of the strength, power, and importance of accountability partners. Right. You know, and right. that that's what you end up uh, gaining uh, out of uh, groups like this is you're going to have a band of brothers that are going to be there for you and you for them. Uh, and uh, right. we, we have got centers across the country that are um, calling us to order that workbook uh, because because we're the publishers of that book. We're able to offer volume discounts because we're the publishers. So um, We didn't it, used to be. No, we didn't. No, we... we yeah. That book was out there for 20-plus years, uh, published by the Baptists, and they just have it in their cycle of things. You know, 20 years is enough. And uh, so we took it over, and yeah. I think it's one of the best things we've ever done to do that. But. Yeah, well, it has really taken off since then, and and uh, and I'm thrilled for us to experience that because we know that um, relevant spiritual guidance yeah. uh, is is being uh, used and uh, and appreciated by uh, men across the country. So. As we wrap up today's show, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're hearing you loud and clear uh, on on what you've been uh, imploring our listeners to do, um, how would you like to put a nice bow on today's show? Well, I think I kind of said it. Part of the spiritual and emotional growth is to, to continue to have the vision of becoming the man that God calls you to be. That's aware of his plan and purpose for your life. That's aware of his vision for how he wants to use your life. You become more of a servant uh, in a good way, not a codependent way to your spouse and others. And uh, it's it's just an incredibly more uh, peaceful place to be. And you will find 
that your recovery becomes easier, actually, if you're not just all tied up in the letter of the law about how to do things. So my encouragement to you is to take the longer road, what uh, someone else called the road less traveled. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for joining us again today on the Men of Valor program. We hope that today's show has been of benefit to you, and we hope that this week will be filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.